Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Duncan Toombs may have only just released his debut album, Steel on Steel, but he has appeared on many other albums and in countless live shows as an in-demand band member. He's also been inducted into the country music hands of fame in Tamworth. I'm going to ask him about that and about Steel on Steel. Hello, Duncan. G'day, how you doing? I'm very well, thank you. Uh, I'm going to start with the Hands of Fame because this was established in 1977, this particular award, to honour individuals who have made a significant and ongoing contribution to country music. That does sound appropriate for you, so it must have been very pleasing to be inducted. Oh, I was born in 1977, so yeah, I didn't know that. There you go. In fact. <laughs> so you're as old as the award you've just been given. There you go, yeah. I was uh, pretty crazy to get... Um, Gee, I remember when I first started going to Tamworth and I, um, I used to have the Coca-Cola stage there at the, in the park. Yeah, right. I um, used to put me, our names down and play there and you'd go over and put your hands in the, in the um, cement of your heroes. And yeah, uh, never, you know, uh, never thought I'd ever have my hand there one day, but uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was a little overwhelming actually. It's a really, really nice, really nice feeling. Because for those who may have only just discovered you through Steel on Steel, they may not realise that um, at Tamworth every year you are one of the most busy people around. So pretty much every show I go to, I'm like, there's Duncan Toombs and there he is again and there he is again. And whether it's the Golden Guitars or it's like the 50th anniversary show last year or playing with Troy Cassidy, you just seem to pop up all over the place. So what I'd really like to know is in amongst that, how on earth did you have time to attend your own Hands of Fame ceremony? (laughs) Uh, well, I yeah, I was I had a really busy time with this one, but um, no, we fit it in. Just uh, between, yeah, it was fine. It was uh, it was actually perfect. When I, I only just found out that I was being um, inducted uh, just a few days before the festival, actually. Right. So it was just lucky that I could actually be there because um, actually normally because I play in the the Golden Guitar Awards band. Uh, normally we if if we don't get enough time to rehearse sometimes that saturday morning is really uh um we use that to you know get there early and run a few things that we didn't get rehearsed the day before yeah because uh, our the dress rehearsal starts at 12 mid you know on the dot right and you've got to be there for that definitely and um so yeah we were just lucky that it worked out yeah it's like my mind boggles when i think about what your tamworth must be like because there wouldn't be time to rehearse absolutely everything you're doing i would imagine because you are in so many people's bands for that festival if you're not with them touring throughout the year so i I imagine it's just you're at a level of experience and professionalism now that you can see those chords you know what you're doing and off you go (laughs) well there's a little bit of i suppose uh yeah i think um you know uh if if you i I get you know guitar licks or melodies like they they can stick in my head fairly well um other things like remembering recipes forget that (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah little little licks and melodies stick in my head and um sometimes all even you know just if you just get the first couple of licks then you know that you, you remember the whole song so yeah I've, i think i've just gotten um i suppose good at that over the years of playing for so many different people yeah yeah i would think some of us would trade remembering recipes for remembering licks just quietly but <laughs> 
Is that something that you've had since childhood? You've just been able to to pick up music and and remember things like that, or keep, keep yeah. whole songs in your head, only hearing them a couple of times. Um, yeah, well, look, since when I first started out, I, I started out in um, the Toowoomba Country Music Club, and you know we'd go to these festivals, um, me and all my friends, every every second weekend throughout Southeast Queensland. And um, there was a few of us like myself and um, a good friend of mine, Veggie Pokoff. Um, but there was yeah, there's a whole stack of people that um, others lent on for us to play for them at, in their different sections because they had like, you know, female vocal, male vocal. These are like weekend sort of campouts where you go and it's a country <laughs> music festival. Um, and the competitions, you know, everyone was in a competition to win, become grand champion or just win their individual section. But there'd be gospel, female vocal, male vocal, bush ballad. Um, all these instrumental, all these sections. So I literally grew up um, like a few of my other friends, Michael Moko as well. Oh yeah. Um, who uh, just had people saying, Hey, can you play for me? And you go, yeah, sure. You don't even know the song. And they go, it goes like this. And they strum about, you know, four bars and you go, oh, okay, no worries. And like, you, if you do that for enough years, your ears um, get used to feeling what the next chord's going to be. Right. And um, it sort of just trained you. Trained, I think it's just a lot of ear training, yeah. So I did that all through my teenage years. So um, these days, yeah, all I, yeah, I, I seem to get by by just <laughs> knowing a little bit and it, I can sort of feel where it's going to go, you know? Yeah. You kind of say that like if anyone played as much as you played, they'd be able to do it. I don't think it's true. I think you do need a particular skill <laughs> slash talent to do it because I liken what you do at Tamworth to being a decathlete, basically. It's the yeah. Olympics. You've got to have 10 different sports and you've got to be really good at each of them. So it's a it's a real feat. But look, oh, in amongst all of that, <laughs> in amongst all of that, you actually had your own headline show for, for Steel on Steel. Um, and it must have been a bit like the realisation of a long-held dream, I guess. You've played so many shows with other people at Tamworth to have a headline show at last. It was terrific. Yeah, I had such a great Tamworth. And uh, so to launch my album and have my own show, and it, we um, we packed it out. It was just such a beautiful. It was just great. My my son turned eighteen just before Tamworth, and we celebrated that. We hit Tamworth, and I um I was in the opening concert band. Plus, I was out the front. I got to sing a couple of songs on the opening. That's when my album was released that Friday, the thirteenth. Yeah. And um, my son was there helping me sell CDs, and people come along and sold a stack of CDs that night just from singing two songs and. Um, it was just an incredible week of doing spots all over the place um, with artists and, um, you know, little um, different, different, like different venues around town. But on the Wednesday was um, my album launch and uh, it was uh, a really, it was really emotional. Eh? It was, my mum was there and a lot of my friends traveled up um, from Sydney and from Toowoomba as well. And it, it was very emotional and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a gig I'll never, ever forget. That gig will be with me forever. Uh, there was a lot of emotion in the room. I can imagine. And clearly your son supports your music now, but I'm wondering, given that he's just 18, was there ever a, a time when during his teenage years when he's like, oh, dad, like a oh, musician? Oh, no. Well, they've always come to Tamworth uh, when they, yeah, through, through, you know, through their younger years. Um, I suppose there's, you know, yeah, maybe 14, 15. Um, I think all, all teenagers go through a bit of a phase where they, yeah. I don't think they lose interest, but they just their receptors are up with everything else. There's so much yeah, else, that, you know, taking everything in and learning so much about the world. So, 
Um, but no, Jack, Jack's always loved Tamworth and, um, and, and same as Reed. Reed didn't make it up this year, but, uh, like that, just a few years back, they, they, um, came second in the busking competition with Sonny right. French and Chet French and, um, Ivy Simpson. Um, so yeah, they've, um, they've got a lot of, lot of good memories themselves from, uh, Tamworth. So they love it. Fantastic. Well, they'll have to be in your band someday. Um, as your hands <laughs> of fame. Yeah, nice and cheap. <laughs> yeah, oh, they'll true. probably charge me more, the little buggers. <laughs> yeah. As your hands of fame induction suggests, you have made an ongoing contribution to country music. I'm wondering when you realised that country music in particular was going to be the path for you. Uh, ever since I, well, ever since I picked up a guitar, my mate showed me how to play um, Badman Rise and I, that's all I ever wanted to be. I just wanted to play guitar. And uh, uh, the tour, yeah, country country music was always just part of me from, from the moment I, I started playing it. Um, I feel like I remember in my younger years, um, some uncles and some friends, like my uncle Earl always used to play Slim Dusty and we used to spend a lot of weekends at his house. So we'd always be Slim Dusty and um, we always used to have a lot of fun, uh, a lot of parties. Uncle always said, there's a lot of drinking, laughing, smoking and telling lies in here. And, um, but Slim Dusty would always be on the, on the vinyl spinning around for the CD. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, like uh, Kenny Rogers with um, some of my mum's um, friends when I was growing up too. So somehow, some way, I think country music was already sort of laying dormant in my um, in my blood. And then as soon as I picked that guitar up, it was it was done. Yeah, I was I was sold. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's to all of our benefit that you were, Duncan. Um, now I'm wondering when the writing for Steel on Steel began. Uh, Back in 2013, I think it was, my wife bought me a, a birthday present to go to Nashville. And I, um, it was to go to a songwriting course, a Daryl Scott songwriting course. And look, I've never been much of a reader my whole life. And uh, I, yeah, I, I, I think I just passed English, but I've never read a book in my life apart from a journal of my great, great grandfather's. Uh, I just don't enjoy reading for some reason. And that's probably why I took to film mm-hmm. and I love film so much uh, because I've always just love uh, visual things. I just love seeing things like even just driving around. Um, I'll often just, Oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. I, I just, I take things in visually, um, mm-hmm. which makes me a good navigator. Generally, if I go somewhere <laughs> once, I don't need Google maps. I don't need a map. I don't anything. I just, I remember my way there. Yeah. Right. Um, I just take things in visually, but, uh, when I got to the songwriting course in Nashville, um, one of the, the teachers there, one of the, um, what do you call them? I don't know, songwriting um, heroes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there was a few of them there. Um, tutors, I suppose, that was the word I was looking for. Um, then not good at English, am I? <laughs> I think teacher, well, because teacher did the job. Yeah. Like yeah. It means the same, yeah. Yeah, um, so she pulled me aside because I was, um, I, was she, I suppose she noticed I was just trying to struggle, or struggling with um, trying to, get out a, a song we were, were all individually working on mm-hmm. and she knew I'd um, had some success in Australia here with film so um, she said look you know what there's you don't have to be good at English you don't have to be some sort of poet to be able to write a song um, because you're you're such a visual person um, there's other ways you can do it she said you can close your eyes and imagine a scene or a setting or, or something happening and just see it and then all you need to do then once you've visualized it, just describe it in the way it makes you feel. And that was, I was like, great, I can do that. So uh, it sort of started my songwriting. 
And between that and um, spending uh, nearly three years with the Adam Exley band with um, writing and arranging, um, you know, uh, the songs for the second album, uh, <laughs> I probably didn't have as uh, much of a, a part in the actual lyrics of those songs, but <laughs> definitely the parts, the guitar parts, and, and then shaping some of the, um, the direction of the, you know, the dynamics of the songs. Uh, yeah, that really got into my blood too, of just the way to make a song come to life, make the lyrics come to life. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I think just over the, over the time and then when COVID hit, I had I couldn't do anything. I couldn't I've made a life of helping other artists with uh whether it's you know playing guitar for them or or creating visual content. Uh when I couldn't do that, I turned towards myself and I finished right. a few songs and uh it was just yeah, time to work on myself a bit. And that's what I did. And lo and behold, here I am and <laughs> I've got an album and it, it actually went, it went number one in its opening week and, and then went down a bit and then went back to number one. And I've been touring around Australia with Becky Cole and Adam Harvey and opening up the show and, and uh, selling lots of CDs. It's been great. Yeah. I did actually have a question about it going number one, but you've, you've mentioned it already. It's, it's been terrific to see it. Yes. Popping in and out of number one, because often when albums leave the number one spot, they don't go back, but yours has been going back, which does suggest audiences are finding it. Um, as you're touring yeah, cool. and through other means. Yeah. No, it's been really great. And um, yeah, I'm, yeah, it's just been awesome. It's been uh, such a cool feeling just to have people, you know, touch base with me or get in touch with me because, you know, whether the, you know, a certain song of mine meant something to them. Um, I'm just hearing good vibes from everyone. It's been really cool. Well, it is, uh, it's an album that, that tells us a lot about you, I think, and about your life and what's important to you. And I was wondering if that was the intention for the album when you set out writing those songs or is it just what emerged when you looked at the songs you had? Yeah, I, I don't know if I intended to do anything. They're just songs that, are, that mean something to me. I, I find it hard to do anything in my life if it doesn't go through my heart. Mm-hmm. Like I just, if it's, if I can't, if I'm not feeling it, it's just, I'm not interested. So yeah, I didn't really plan to do anything. I just wrote songs from my heart and, and they're all songs about myself and my life and, and my family and yeah, nothing intended to, uh, yeah, no, no, I didn't have any intentions. I just wrote songs mm-hmm. that I felt, you know? Yeah. And um, it's pretty much is a, a, a showcase of, um love and life and family yeah and i think because you wrote them from the heart that's what people are connecting to because they can hear that in the way the songs are written and the way you sing them yeah well that's that's good i suppose isn't it (laughs) well it is because yeah people come to music for all sorts of reasons but it's really special when you when as a listener you feel a connection with the song and and when you're being specific as the artist the listener can relate it to their own lives because they can think oh yeah well i had that experience or i didn't have that experience but they could still find some relationship to you yeah Uh, it makes it um it's cool, eh? I mean, we all take um, a song our own way and, you know, sometimes people find a different meaning to what the song was written about. But um, songs about life, when you sing songs about life and about, you know, your kids, about your dad or your mum, uh, yeah, people people just, that just, that hits home for a yeah. lot of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Now you mentioned your dad and the title track Steel on Steel is a tribute to your late father and the album is dedicated to him. Did he share your love of music? 
Well, you said Slim Dusty was on the turntable, but was it was it an ongoing musical relationship? My dad had a a big, loud voice, an even bigger heart. His name was Bob Toombs, and uh, he loved having a beer and having a sing and um, didn't care who was listening, even if it was a little bit out of tune. Um, And at the end, he'd always be cheering for himself anyway and saying, beer day, beer day. (laughs) It was always a good time. It was so much fun at a party. but on you know at the same at the same pace um he could um yeah my uncle gregory always says he could he could start a fight in an empty house yeah and he could do he's a pretty emotional fella but i think he gave me i got a lot of that um um the emotion from um from maybe him uh and um it's the way i channel things too with emotion but um yeah i, I miss him a lot and um he 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 loved he loved to sing like she the song i wrote about my mum leona uh he uh my dad when we were young he always used to sing sing this gospel song um it's an old uh look i don't even know where it come from it's a really old blue song but um it goes amen 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 and then then two people start singing and then the whole choir ends up singing it it's this old gospel tune maybe from the 40s or 50s and uh I actually borrowed some of that vibe that dad used to sing and I put it in my mum's song mm-hmm. at the end. Um, if you have, if, if, if you listen to a song of mine called Leona, I wrote for my mum at the end, it's all, um, or throughout the song, you hear this and my brother sang amen and, oh, right. and the angels sang amen. Yeah. yeah. So it's a bit of a tip to hat at dad as well in the same song. Yeah. It is a beautiful song about your mother and I can only imagine she's incredibly touched and proud to have that song written for her. Yeah. 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 Um, I was in Toowoomba before the song was released and we were cleaning up my dad's house in um, just cleaning up around the yard. And I um, put it on the Bluetooth speaker on top of the boat and mum was around the front just waiting for some of the I can't remember why she she was staying around there while we were going to get vines and bring them around. And I um I come around the front with a bunch of vines in my hand and and she's um just standing there and she's like crying, just um tears streaming down her face. And she said, um, did you write a song about me? Because this Leona was playing. I said, Yeah, and I gave her a big cuddle and yeah, yes, um look Leona's uh I love the song Leona. I my mum my dad had a few demons when he was when we were young. So mum and dad split. Um but dad sorted a lot of those things out later in life, I think, and you know, we got to know him really well. But uh Mum when I want when I went to write a song for mum, because my mum's the most gentlest, most quietest. Um she's only a small woman, but um quiet as a mouse, but just so such a beautiful heart and so honest and so um giving and so she's just one of the most beautiful persons um on this planet and i know she's my mum, and i'm probably going to say that but it's actually true but to raise us three boys solo and she did have have help from family but um if i was going to write a song about mum, it needed to have grit and it needed to have um drive because mm-hmm. mum's got all that under the hood you wouldn't know it you wouldn't think it when you looked at her but um she's got a lot of strength under the hood and um 
writing the song Leona, it needed to be upbeat. It needed to have a gritty slide guitar. It needed to have drive. So, and um, yeah, I'm really, I really, I'm really proud of that song. I, I really like, um, I like to, uh, I, I just love having that song because I just want mum to know how much I love her and how much I appreciate her and how much she's given me, you know, um, even when I stop and look around, I feel her with me all the time, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you also mentioned in the song that she's your best friend. And I think, you know, that's that's such an honour for her as well, I would imagine, to think that not only do you think of her as a, as a son honouring a mother, but as a friend, appreciating yeah, her. Yeah, I think, you know, um, just lucky to have a mum who's always there no matter what, you know, whether I make the right decision or wrong decision in life, she's always in my corner. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Now you mentioned being on tour with Becky Cole and Adam Harvey supporting them. I imagine you've also played with them in the past because you yeah. played with so many artists. Like you yeah. played in Becky's band, played in Adam's band. Yeah, yeah. I um when I first moved from Toowoomba to Sydney, uh, we did a few gigs here locally um, with our old band Limbo Tell and Southern Steel. But it wasn't too long that we all started getting calls to do different things, and I um started doing a few gigs with Becky Cole and Adam Harvey and a few others. Um, you know, in around my early twenties and, uh, yeah, had so much fun. And, but then I, um, yeah, I went and joined Adam Brand's band for nearly five years mm. when he brought out built for speed. And, um, it took me away from, um, playing for a lot of different artists. I sort of stayed with Adam for a while and did a few things here in between for other, other festivals, mm. played for other artists, but, um, and, uh, I got so busy with everything, music, like touring and everything that, uh, I was yearning for something of my own so I could control my life a bit more rather than touring all the time. So that's when I got into the film thing. Mm -hmm. But after all these years of, uh, you know, the, the film and the filmery, which has been awesome too, um, to come back full circle um, to playing with Becky Cole and Adam Harvey, whom I love, uh, it's been so much fun. Just been so much fun. And uh, yeah, they're, 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 they've always been big supporters of mine. And I've known them both for a long, long time. And uh, I'm loving uh, I'm loving touring with those guys. And uh, I really appreciate them having me on the road and opening the show. And for anyone who hasn't seen them live, they are absolutely outrageous, both separately and together. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sure it's quite fun being Great. on tour with them. They're amazing separately. But when they get together, oh, my God, they get up to mischief. Yeah. They certainly. Well, I've seen gigs where Adam's told outrageous stories about Becky and the reverse is also true. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> you never really know what's going to happen. There's a set list, but that's just a guide. That's just a guide. At any stage, it can take a left turn, and everyone's like almost looking around, "What's going on?" You know. Well, um, I think it yeah. makes a lot of fun. Well, when Becky used to do her extended remix version of Lazy Bones Live, I think it got up to twenty minutes at one yeah. stage. So. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I just... a few, few times in my life. Yeah, I've just seen a video of it. Um, but you mentioned the filmery and you have had this extremely successful business making music videos for people. But I'm wondering what your wall planner looks like when you try to fit in, <laughs> you know, going on tour, writing, you know, writing for a new album perhaps, um, all of that stuff. Do, do you have some kind of colour-coded system so you know what you're doing? I probably need it. Do you, um, can you come help me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not very good at it myself. Are you an organised person? <laughs> oh, look, I, I struggle with, I'm a bit chaotic with, uh, I keep too many things in my head. Uh, but this year I'm really going to have to start, um, uh, yeah, writing things down properly and uh, 
in uh, getting on top of it because it's, it's going to be a busy year. But uh, yeah, that's, uh, I've, I've still got one foot in. I'm actually working on some videos at the moment for a few different people. I was just up at Andrew Farris's place yesterday, mm. up past Tamworth, um, organizing some things with Andrew and Marley. And um, yeah, I've got a few other projects that I'm working on over the next week. But I go to Tasmania on Friday to play for a fest, play at a festival down there. Um, uh, the, the music master, yeah, the devil country music master. So I'm looking forward to that. But I think this year is going to be a bit like that. It's just going to be a bit of everything, mm-hmm. a little bit chaotic, but um, just got to get in and have some fun and go for it. Yeah. Well, uh, for anyone who doesn't catch you live, they can listen to Steel on Steel. I'm sure they'll enjoy it as much as I have and other people are enjoying it. Duncan, congratulations on Thank Steel you. on Steel and uh, and have fun on the road. <laughs> and no doubt I'll talk to you again sometime. Thanks so much for having me. appreciate it. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.